Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rose, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to the Smackdown Preview. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dadly Boys, Michael Hamflet from What Culture, to look ahead to tonight's episode of Friday Night Smackdown. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only review Smackdown, but also Raw, NXT 2.0, AW Dynamite, AW Rampage, pay-per-views, we have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week complete with a playing a quiz, of course, on WrestleCoach. As I said, they're joined by Hamlet to look ahead to SmackDown tonight. But before we do that, we have to deal with Crown Jewel. It took place last night, Hamlet, and it was surprisingly good, I thought. Yes. Um, all the regular caveats apply. It, the more we objectively measure the quality of the show, the more we are sports washed by it. Mm, and yes. that continues to be the issue. This was largely a very, very good pro wrestling show. Um I wish WWE would try as hard with their weekly output, with their <laughs> monthly pay-per-views, for the sake of making good wrestling shows, rather than for the sake of preserving a deal that makes us speak differently about a nation with an atrocious human rights record. That's the, That will always be where this has to start, and people can decide whether or not they want to make that the priority of their thinking, or whether or not they just want to switch it off entirely, and you know we're not here to ask that of people, but that's just something that I... There's a certain responsibility to say all that because, especially when the shows are of a certain standard, because the better the show is, the more effective the method is, mm. which is really insidious and really ugly because you can't put this on the wrestlers. You can't put this on the fans that went to enjoy themselves, you know, especially like you see a lot of the young fans that are just having a really nice night and they certainly made a lot of noise. Um, in that respect, it plays as a international broadcast where the crowds are really hot and the wrestlers are really in the mood. And that was what that was. That was a largely... Tremendously well booked show, really well paced, uh, lots of clean finishes, mm-hmm. matches. If, if I'm honest, I think people are being uh, slightly higher on the quality standpoint. I don't like. I, I, I think the main event was quite as great as a lot of people were saying. Though the Roman Reigns dive was fantastic. Oh, Sammy Guevara, MJF, good shot from the exact same angle, and that what ended up in visual, the, yeah. That ended up in the Dynamite credits. So put that one in the SmackDown ones. Like Roman just like, through caution to the wind in what, like, looked like a literal sense. I th- amazingly, he's got the best dive out of any of the three S.H.I.E.L.D. members. Who <laughs> saw that one coming? Like, so, like, again, a night of incredible moments. Xavier Woods was permitted to have his nice thing. Like, so let's just think, oh, well, the guy had a nice day at work rather than where that where his office was, I suppose. <laughs> um, I thought the uh, Hell in a Cell match was inexplicably brilliant. And I don't mean that to be just, like, damning with faint praise, mm. but... I thought there was a ceiling to how good that match could be, and they smashed that within the first 10 minutes, and Edge rolled back the years, and Seth Rollins, I've said this before, 
is sometimes underrated because he's been in his fair share of turkeys and he's a very modern WWE superstar. And unfortunately, now it's really hard to be in WWE as long as Seth and have like this perfect glistening CV. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't happen anymore. You kind of, it's almost part of the job to be involved in a few turkeys. There was even a point in the match last night where Seth was like trying to take Edge's eye out. And y- y- you see this spot and you know it's never going to happen, right? But then he's doing it. And then Michael Cole has to catch himself and being like, we have seen him do that before. And it's like, Christ, you've been put through the mill. <laughs> like, as a character and as a wrestler, you have been put through the mill in this cell, no yeah, less. Exactly. You know, like there, there's so much association of bad times to Seth Rollins that he was able to just enjoy working with a guy who's a proper artist in this environment with weapons, with spots, with callbacks and stuff. So that bump, the that bump, bump off the top rope into the cell, down through the table the, on the outside. Having the table placed there was such an inspired choice because we've seen a similar bump and it just, it's got that like lovely, like I'm picturing Bailey and Sasha doing it, I think, but that lovely car crash feeling where somebody's just folded up and you just, this just looks like ugly. The table almost made it beautiful. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Almost looked like he was aiming at like, it's like uh, the what culture pool table. Like if I just angle this just right off the cushion, <laughs> it's going to cut, it's going to cut that yellow in and I'm going to seven ball Sidgwick for the umpteenth time. And <laughs> instead it wasn't a ball into a pocket. It was a body through a table. Yeah. And I just like the, the aim and the execution of it was just really, really inspired. And, and this is the thing. Lots and lots and lots to like. Lots and lots and lots of positivity theoretically about the product going forward but we must remember why that took place. Like, you can't ever lose sight yeah. of it. And I know people listening won't necessarily, some people listening won't necessarily like that, but I just think it has to go with a mention because in my opinion, I don't think it did last night. I think people were so impressed with the output because WB, it's always a surprise when WB's good now, <laughs> that I think that got lost slightly. So people have to retain their energy if they can for what there is not to like about the show, even if you want to talk about what you liked. Yeah, it's going to be interesting as well seeing the fallout of all this because obviously some things... You know, you want to talk about, and then I remember that they're not on the right brand anymore. Like Edge and oh, Rollins God, are yeah. both uh-huh. on Raw now. Zelina Vega's on Raw. Queen Zelina Vega. We'll talk more about on the Raw preview next week. Well, but and you started this podcast by referencing two point oh. We don't know if they're going to have to rely on that roster tonight. As we're recording <laughs> this, I haven't checked on Flight Tracker, but I'd like to think the plane is in the air rather than on tarmac. We, for all we know, Von Wagner's phone could be ringing. He could be out in the woods with Kyle O'Reilly. He's like, Von Wagner's got news, Kyle. We're booked tonight. <laughs> Get off the bike. Imagine if we get Tony D'Angelo versus Pat McAfee in the main event. Oh, my God. I mean, actually, now I want... Uh, I don't want the player to be stuck on time. Yeah, I was saying Let's just yesterday. say turbulence. Let's go for turbulence. In the sky, but it's circling. It's circling. It can't get to the building on time. And Tony's looking at it like... Tony D'Angelo has been the one to go... I ain't saying nothing. Like he's, he's got somebody. I got a brother that's an air traffic controller. I ain't saying nothing. Turn the plane around. Turn the plane around. It would be amazing. Obviously, they're not going to do it to burn through it, but it would be amazing on Rampage tonight to have Adam Cole versus Brian Danielson. Oh, I mean, like, I, I can and I can't believe that that's happening. Just a brief aside on that, yeah, because we had um, Conti and Garrett, didn't we? Yes. As, a, as an obvious flex. Uh, it wasn't much of a flex, the match wasn't that much better, but, like, it was a nice idea <laughs> in principle. Like, why not do it? This was the one time you beat us and we've got it now. Um, that would be great, but you feel that Tony Khan is not so petulant as to give away something that he's obviously got as a long-term mm. plan. That's the difference, isn't it? He's not yet willing to hotshot that because he actually cares a great deal about the match. Here's where I get proved wrong and the graphic drops four hours before yeah. showtime because they are getting into that a bit. Like you're seeing a bit more of that from AEW now. So I could be made a fool of, but I would have loved that tonight of all nights. Yeah. Uh, so let's turn our attention to tonight's SmackDown. And I suppose what's next for Roman Reigns? The suggestion would be he is probably, and I would anticipate that he's going to try and get Paul Heyman in on this, going to be like, well... 
I beat Brock, so let's move on. Let's look ahead to Survivor Series and brand warfare and all that. We still don't know where Paul Heyman's allegiances lie. Brock Lesnar, via WWE, because obviously he doesn't tweet, has said, I'm going to come and murder Roman Reigns and the bloodline, basically, tonight as a result of that. And then, of course, you've got the added wrinkle of Drew McIntyre now being on SmackDown. It's fascinating to see how they develop this next. It is. It's a, um, a loaded, like, top line, at least, which is great. I've said this before. It is, uh, like, I have to give begrudging credit to whatever voodoo, and I don't mean that literally, Bruce, if you're listening, because I know you love this stuff. But whatever voodoo uh, WWE have concocted in order to keep this Roman Reigns title run fresh in between the big matches, and we've just had one. There's a big four show coming up, so theoretically there could be another big match on the way. Um, but there is a few different directions they could go. The title match, if they want to, at Survivor Series, is not unprecedented. Mm-hmm. I think uh, we talked on another podcast about Brock versus Rey Mysterio. You can just do it. WWE can just make up the rules, just because a lot of the time they've done champion versus champion. And I think like, it'd be good to get to that with the women as well later on this podcast. It doesn't mean you can't just change your own rules. If you want to do something different from the Survivor Series, you can. There's other ways to do red versus blue. Um, so if they want to just run a title match back, such as Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns at the Survivor Series, they could. They've given themselves the way to do it. Mm. Equally, they've given themselves the way to delay that match as long as possible and force Brock Lesnar to win the Royal Rumble. I think the story in this... And ordinarily, if this was an AEW podcast, we'd talk about the story in the hope that the thing might happen because we're logically applying storytelling <laughs> rules to like our analysis. In WWE, you pitch something, you have a bit of fun with it, and then nothing anywhere near that happens because they just go off in a completely different direction. This feels to me like the perfect opportunity to have Roman Reigns say, and it has to be Roman, say, we've filed the paperwork. Sorry, Brock, back of the line. And then Brock's got to win the Royal Rumble. But the question then becomes, did Paul Heyman file the paperwork? And Brock Lesnar, you kind of flip now. It's Brock Lesnar being forced to question, was it Paul Heyman doing the doing the doings? Because all the, all this time, it's been Roman Reigns asking that question, isn't it? You were at the Premier Inn going through the contract with uh, <laughs> Brock before he came to work. What? Like that's They can flip that now. Roman can be the one with a bit of a wink and say, yeah, we, we got the paperwork done, didn't we? And Paul Heyman looks at him, and then as soon as Roman turns away, Paul Heyman looks really flustered. Oh, God, there was Brock watching. Um, and that leads into Brock, so you haven't win the Rumble. You delay that a bit, and if you if it's not the Rock's year, you do, I was going to say, um, Roman Lesnar too. It's not really that. But Roman and Lesnar, again, doesn't mm-hmm. have to be at WrestleMania, but a point at which Roman is trying to avoid fighting Brock, and Brock has to jump through these heaps to get it. So I would personally go down that route, because all this is to say... I'm not advocating for Roman versus Big E because I think that's actually a bigger match one day and I don't want to see it belt for belt. I'm advocating for Survivor Series rematch, Roman Reigns versus Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre has obviously failed in his attempt to win the WWE title, but this is the benefit of wins and losses not mattering. He can walk onto SmackDown and pretend that it's brand new and just say, we don't have rankings, Roman, so (laughs) I'm taking you on at the paper. Like, that's just how it works. I've got a sword. (laughs) Um, So... Last year, they fought the Survivor Series. Roman beat him. He was in the middle of assembling his head-of-the-table run. Now that run has been assembled. Past tense, Drew was part of that, and he doesn't want to be a footnote. He wants to be the guy that can stop all this, and you have a big, major title match set. Yet again, they find themselves with a kind of perfect pay-per-view opponent for somebody that you probably know Roman's going to win, but you need that 1%, and Drew's that 1%. This is what I simultaneously love and hate about being a WWE fan. The moment they have one slightly good pay-per-view and they're going, 
I want to stay up and watch SmackDown tonight because yeah. I just want to see how Roman Reigns reacts to Brock, to potentially Drew, like you say, and most importantly of all that, to Paul Heyman not really helping him. He just sort of bitched out of the decision of who do I throw the belt to and just chucked it in the middle and went sort it out between yourselves. It was it was pretty great, all of that. I, the acting was a bit much, but the, um, the, the I think you said you know what to do. So they, they played it perfectly because it, it, who was he speaking to? And that's Paul Heyman not wanting anyone to know who he's speaking to, including the men he was talking to. Um, he stood still, statuesque throughout the whole match. I think it was pretty inspired as well. And obviously he's left with Roman, so there's enough implication there to get you through one more show. Brock can still be annoyed. Um, I love it. They've they have found the perfect way to carry that storyline on without it feeling... The finish was cheap, but it was a finish. Yeah. So they've found the way to carry this, the most intriguing element of this story. And if Roman and Brock are being separated for a bit, it means you can leave it alone. Mm. You can... It can linger in the background without ever being overt, and I, I quite like that too. More Crown Jewel fallout to discuss as well when it comes to King Woods. Dreams can come true... And I just think there's so much potential here. Normally, the King gimmick, like the King Corbin thing, right? I know we look back on it, it was dreadful. But the the road we went on with the matches and the shorty G and all that was really good. And then they did it and you went, right, what do we do now? There's nothing really left apart from the tired old, I'm a king, everyone should mm-hmm. bow to me, bollocks. But you just feel with Xavier like he's been wanting this for what, five plus years, I think. He can have a bit of fun with this, especially as a babyface king. Oh, absolutely, man. I was just... Proclamations and all that. I was mesmerized from his piece to camera (laughs) as he celebrated. It may have been uh, 120 degrees, but I was frozen too because I was (laughs) lost in the woods as he sort of delivered his soliloquy. Um, It was just fantastic to watch. Not only... And this is the thing with WWE. When they give you what you want, the feeling is of surprise and relief rather than joy because it feels so rare that you get it. We've talked about this before. The way to boil this down, ultimately, is to be like a man is happy in his job in the company where a lot of people are seemingly quite unhappy, and that's just nice. Woods is great. Everybody loves him. It was this universal... Like, again, I've got to say it. Like, again, really effective sports washing because lots of people were just talking very earnestly about how happy they were that this man had had a nice time, and it's like, so we're not talking about the other thing. Mm -hmm. Um, Bring that back to a SmackDown, to a normal pay-per-view so we can just enjoy it. He's going to be great at this. Uh, I'm not so sure right now they've got much of a long-term plan with it, but I think that's okay because Xavier Woods has proven over and over and over again just how creative a force he is. Um, this was the this was the easy bit. Xavier Woods willed this into existence. It happened. He wanted it. And because he's such a wonderful man that we've said this before, you cannot hate against... Uh, you can't hate the New Day getting anything they want because they're just all so brilliant. It's almost as if nobody has ever thought to ask the question, yeah, um, what's the uh, King of the Rings meaningless, mate? <laughs> what are you going to do about that? Only today will he need to think about that question, but I have absolute faith he will answer it. I don't think this is going to be um, kind of that tossed-off heel shtick. I know people enjoyed King Corbin, and to a lesser extent, King Seamus, and certainly, to a much bigger extent, King Booker. Like, in recent times of these heel kings, I don't think it's going to be quite that shticky because it's... I wasn't doing Alistair Black, like I said. Because he's a babyface and people want him to, they want to see him enjoying this. Mm. So I'm curious to see how they, how this one hits different, how you use this King gimmick as a lovable babyface. Yeah. Um, how, like, I want him to be the noble king. I want him to be the king that we often see. 
that we want to see that we never get. So a affable ruler, you know, somebody that like helps the little people, the peasants. If he looks upon a SmackDown guy like that's just lost a match and is if if Corbin was still running around poor, the king is there to help him mm. back on his feet. Things like that. Have some fun with a ruler that is not malevolent um, or benevolent or whichever way I always forget. Benevolent, not malevolent. That's yeah. what I want to see out of Xavier Woods tonight. Um, so, yeah, let's have some fun with that instead of just going down the usual king shtick route. Look, we know WWE loves to do non-wrestling stuff on their wrestling show. Mm. Let's just do it all over again like we got in Saudi Arabia. Let's have a proper coronation, a king's coronation. He can make some royal decrees. He can, you know, name a, a title for Kofi Kingston in amongst all this. Maybe he can have some not annoying heel attempt to interrupt or whatever if you want to go down that direction. But yeah, I want I want Booker's Court, but the babyface version, basically, because there's so much potential for for something that's, you know, inoffensive. It is the... It's just, you, know, you know, it's not got to affect a big storyline. He's not going to eventually... He's not getting a title shot, for example... So let's just have some good patter. The, if you didn't already want it enough for him, because you know how much you wanted it, you made you were made to want it long term when they did the visual of Kofi waving his cape on Raw. <laughs> you look at that and you're like, I want that all the time. Yeah. Um, so I just, yeah, I'd like to think that they've got a lot more. This is not a slight on Nakamura or your boy, Boogs, 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 Boogs. <laughs> but I'd like to think they've got a few more ideas in the chamber yes. than what those two had with that. Yeah, certainly, and you know, with the creative expression that the New Day often yeah, have, yeah. they they will have thought about this, and I have no doubt that they may will maybe, hopefully, fingers crossed, we'll be able to get mm. some stuff, some stuff through. Hopefully, yeah, I think as well, you've got to like always have faith in the New Day because they've like they've been around what eight years now, mm-hmm. something like that, seven years. Two of them have been WWE champion. One of them has gotten what they've wanted here. They've had multiple other things that they've wanted. I know Woods didn't get his. What was it? Giant ass farting out unicorns at WrestleMania, but they did come out of a cereal box. Yeah, like they like they have been one of the few acts to kind of game the system all yes. this time, and I expect them to keep doing that. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot; we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Right, let's look ahead to a new arrival on SmackDown tonight. It is Hit Row coming to Friday nights. Uh, They've been one of the highlights uh, for NXT for me. Swerve is just insanely talented. Mm. You've got Top Dollar, Shanty the Adonis, B-Fab. Intrigued to see, hopefully, that they execute something here because they've got not just one potential star, but several here and in a nice established stable that they don't need to split up ever. Yeah, it's a... um so there's two ways this goes, and we might as well hash them both out. Hit Row debuted on NXT, for those that didn't watch, and we know there's plenty of you, <laughs> uh, as um, Swerve's heel enforcers. But the act was one of the few things that resonated in the dank and dreary latter stages of the CWC era, um, Triple H's NXT's dying days, that they very quickly turned babyface, organically. People just liked them. They gravitated. It felt... Um, as close to contemporary as NXT was getting, so they were just babyfaces by default. And that's kind of how they left NXT uh, 2.0 as babyfaces. Mm-hmm. So they come into SmackDown now. That could still go either way. They're brand new, so you can either introduce... It's all very much against who you introduce them against. So if you have them... NXT was very fond of bringing them out and having them do raps and mm-hmm. just like show off their multitude of talents in that field. And that's sort of perfect for a heel interruption, isn't it? Um I've not been keeping up as much as I would like with the product. So you're going to have to remind me of the ridiculous alliterative name they gave him, but Baron Corbin and his... Madcap Moss. Thank you. How did, the, did I forget that? Baron Corbin and Madcap Moss could be doing that stupid dickhead thing, and then they get interrupted by Hit Row, and the Hit Row baby it's a hell places. of a first feud, yeah. There you're established. You've got, this, you've got a tag team feud, you've got singles matches, all that sort of stuff, and they're easy heels to beat as well. Or you bring them in as heels, and you say... You put them against two people that um, are kind of on the verges of breaking up. And Hit Row's stance against these baby faces is, you know, whatever you two call yourself, Hit Row's a real family. Because this week, Will Boy, <laughs> as we have said since the very beginning, we always said it would only happen when Hit Row were due to debut on the main roster. <laughs> Go back and listen to the podcasts. Two years ago, me and you were sat here, not here, in the old office, and we said, one day, there's going to be a stable called Hit Row, and you can put top dollar on it, you can take it to the bank, but that will be the day that Dominic Mysterio, wait for it, will turn on his own father, Ray. Try this one on for size, if you will. Hit Row, say, listen, we're a real family. Families don't need to be related by blood. They just need to be related by love. And in Hit Row, we love one another. And we see it in your eyes, Dominic. And you know the worst thing? They're going to say that to him as Rey Mysterio has just won a match. <laughs> You're not going to believe this. Dominic has got Rey on his shoulders. because that's how, Yeah, that's how they like to celebrate. Hit Row are going to make this point, And then you're just going to see Dominic's eyes darken. And you're going to be like, he's going to look up. I'm sorry. I love you. Slam! Electric chair on the ramp. I know. I, I, mine's probably blown, right? Electric chair on the ramp. 
and we're off to the races with Hit Row looking to recruit Dominic Mysterio against poor old Ray. Ray's got to find a team for Survivor Series. Ah, oh. Dominic's been corrupted by this new upcoming stable Hit Row, just like we always said. WWE, you are welcome. I love it. There's one slight issue. Go on. They're on Raw. The Mysterios. So we'll save it for preview. Like we always said. Like next Monday. Like we always said. It was said. a sneak preview. This is them planting the seeds, guys. Tonight. I'll be honest, I didn't know that. I had to double check whilst you were talking. I missed all the draft stuff because I was off. Tonight, Hit Row cut the promo and Dominic is sat at home and he's like, they're right. Turn that music off, John. <laughs> he's gonna Shut be... up, Dad. I'll listen to what I like. Da- Dominic's going to have... I was only joking about the Hitler Allegiance. But on Raw, on Monday, <laughs> Dominic's going to have his dad on his shoulders and then he's going to look up and he's going to go, swerve, and <laughs> drop him. And we're going to know that the connection was made. Yeah, yes, definitely. Yes. Uh, also on SmackDown, uh, we've had this ongoing thing with Naomi and Sonya Deville. Mm. Supposedly last week we were going to get Naomi versus Sonya Deville. It turned out to be a handicap match. Do you think Sonya's going to continue her reign of terror tonight over Naomi? I don't know. Do you- do I like this or not? Help me out, Wilborn. Do I like this or not? So the whole um, tense excitement around Naomi's feud with Sonya Deville, specifically Sonya Deville, the WWE authority figure, was that this idea that yet again, like, she's going to have a thumb placed upon her by WWE. It, it, like, it's a shoot becoming a work. Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, perfect way to introduce her formally into the bloodline. Sick of the bureaucracy she goes to the real head of the table rather than these phony ones, Postman Pierce and Sonia Deville, and she's in, and we're, we're off to the races. And Sonia Deville and Postman Pierce, well, Sonia Deville specifically, is made to regret ever putting a thumb on her because now the bloodline are going to tear through the women's division just like they've torn through the tag division in the singles ranks. And then they do this very, very WWE pro-authority handicap thing where you're supposed to root for... Naomi, like it's not the 5,000th iteration of Austin McMahon and nobody's got any energy for that anymore. You know, the, we had Braun and Shane at this year's WrestleMania. Ugh. Do you know what I mean? Like this, this is so, so old and below the ability and the skill level of DeVille and Naomi as well. Not just in-ring, but promos, how much people are invested in these characters. You have a, you have a problem, in my opinion, I think you agree, with trying to position Sonya Deville as this specific heel because people really want to cheer her. People are rooting for her to return to the ring. So doing it this way creates confusion in the audience because her real-life story is too pure and the comeback would be legitimately quite emotional. Mm. So that's all too real for them to position her as this sub-bloody Brad Maddox authority heel figure. Um, And they're doing this. I I don't know. I just don't know what I think of it. It's focus on Naomi it's focus on Sonya Deville, and probably most importantly of all, it's a meaty woman's storyline that isn't about the title or mm. about looks. So there's stuff to like about it, but it doesn't feel quite right. Yeah, there's definitely something there, like you say, this, and I like the fact it's a bit of a vehicle for Shayna Baszler in terms of just her being the muscle that Sonya Deville can employ. And there's bits that I would love to see called back from classic WWE authority stuff that isn't Vince and Austin. Mm. Like, I'd love to have Naomi 
you know, or Sonia Deville, sorry, bait Naomi into something and say like, she said like, oh, well, if you didn't have Shayna Baszler in your corner, I could, I could beat you. Mm. She's like, you, you're serious. You actually think that you could beat me, Sonia Deville? And she's like, yes, Sonia, I could beat you with one arm tied behind my back. Yeah. She's like, you're actually serious. Let's do that. Mm-hmm. Ties one arm behind her back. Actually, change of plan. This is a no DQ match. Out comes Shane Baszler, chokes the life out of Naomi, and then you get another foot on the chest pinfall. Mm-hmm. This, this is this is hopefully one of many steps on a road to a really good Survivor Series match that isn't red versus blue, basically. Yeah, I guess so. Um, it's a, if they've genuinely done a bit of uh, long term storytelling, never feels like I'm not doing banter. But if they've done a bit of long term storytelling, and this is the story that introduces Sonya Deville back into the ring, the logical way to do it would be to have her lose at Survivor Series on a night where it's so much about the brands. An authority figure losing on a Raw and SmackDown yeah. night brings shame to her position, and that becomes untenable. And Postman Pierce says, listen, the board of directors have contacted me, and they've seen your performance at the Survivor Series, and you're fired. Mm. And that she becomes a wrestler again, and it's a way to bring her back. So if they've given it any thought, and Naomi gets to be the catalyst for that, and that helps her advance... Fine. That just it doesn't. It feels more than four weeks off. Put it like that. <laughs> like that, that it feels it feels years off. It feels like it needs to be nineteen ninety eight before we get that kind of story. But who knows? Fingers crossed. Well, like, generally, this is the first step on the road to Survivor Series. We're going to get any brand warfare developed tonight. Do you think tonight is the night with Charlotte Flair now being on SmackDown and Becky Lynch now being on Raw and those two being the wrong champions for those oh, brands? God. We are going to get a dreaded belt swap tonight. So, right, I'm going to... This is not me giving WWE the benefit of the doubt. This is absolutely pure harebrained fantasy booking. <laughs> uh, gone are the days where I give them the benefit of the doubt. I'm saying this... Full disclaimer, this will not happen. Okay. I just want to talk about it, and maybe like Xavier Woods, we can will it into existence. The time of the day we're recording this in the UK, the fact that the wrestlers are in the air, the fact that we know they listen and they love our work. Yeah. Let's see if we can make this real, right? Everybody is panicking about the belt swap, because WWE, as usual, have set the standard so low, have set the curve so low, have set the precedent so pathetic, that everybody is just waiting for the dreaded sequel to the New Day Street Profits belt swap. As I've laboured with you on the podcast before, in my opinion, one of the worst things to have happened in the company, and I know that, I, I don't mean in terms of like the real awful things the company do, <laughs> yes. I mean in terms of a narrative point of view, one of the worst, one of the like a rock bottom moment for narrative development in Is terms of... Is another title reign for Charlotte Flair if she swaps belts? Oh, Christ. I, I don't even want to... I'll leave that to the <laughs> Wikipedia bods to figure that one out. So, like they do sometimes, I think they're going to play with people's rock-bottom expectations of their creative ability, Ooh. right? And they're going to tee up the belt swap. Postman Pierce, with his pathetic eyes, is going to come out and be like, guys, come on. The leather behind that WWE logo is red, and the level behind that WWE logo is blue, and you're on the opposite shows. Remember what <laughs> Seth said about the ropes? You know what we have to do. And Becky and Charlotte, king wrestlers, people that do this for a living, say, no, this is my belt. I want to keep it. I want to fight for it. And not only do I want to fight for it, I want to take that one too. Where do you go for that? Becky Lynch wants to be Becky Two Belts again. Charlotte Flair wants to avenge what happened at WrestleMania 35, and Survivor Series is title for title. I love it. I think it's a great idea. And if you're there going, oh, bloody hell, you know, we're going to get Charlotte two belts or whatever. Yes, but imagine saying, 
on the 1st of January 2022. It's day one of the new year for WWE. Pay-per-view, isn't it? Yeah, and mm-hmm. Charlotte Flair has to defend both belts, and you just book her in two mint matches. Yeah. And, you know... Put you somebody can, over. You can have a tournament on, on Raw, let's say, because we're going to keep... Let's. I'm just in this book in Charlotte's won it because it's WWE. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. Maybe there's shenanigans, probably. Uh, but you can have a big tournament on Raw because they really didn't capitalise on that with the Queen's mm-hmm. Crown tournament and stories that they could develop from that. Yep. And they gave it about ooh, less than 20 minutes, I think, in total. So you could have that on Raw and crown, you know, the number one contender. And then maybe you could have, I don't know, a Liv Morgan challenging on SmackDown if she's still on there. I've genuinely forgot to double check whether she's still on the blue brand. I just, I think Zelina Vega's on Raw, isn't she? Yes. So as the queen, I guess, she could be putting her crown in as a contender for Charlotte's title, I suppose, um, if they're not going to do this. But I just... Of all the wrestlers who have this incredible chemistry and this legacy rivalry yes. to have a two belts feud over, I can't like Ronda Rousey can tweet about it and we can I all really we can all really enjoy that. You I know, like she said, oh, I'm watching some, the eyes emoji from Ronda Rousey, hashtag survivor series. Everybody would be buzzing. Just imagine no, I was just I was gonna go further than that. Becky wins. Becky two belts stood there in the middle of the ring, but it's heel Becky. Yeah. Heel versus heel match. I think there is a story to be told there. I prefer watching them than babyface versus babyface because they don't really know what they're doing with mm. them. I love the story of like, who can cut corners the most? And it'll work. Their chemistry is amazing. Becky right. wins. Becky stands tall at Survivor Series and then bad reputation hits. Oh, God. Oh, I mean, goosebumps. Like, Legit. imagine that setting that up for, for a... Like, and then you get... Imagine if you got... Talk about WWE re-establishing themselves as a power. Brock Lesnar and Ronda Rousey as your Royal Rumble winners. Oh, yes, please. Well, I, and as well, in all, like in all seriousness, so we're not just completely like hightailing off into our own like fantasies here. There has been a lot of discussion because Roman and Lesnar have now fought, and The Rock's not happening this year. There's been all this discussion typically of pro wrestling discourse. It's like rooted in misogyny that none of us can escape. About well, they haven't got a main event. Well, they do. It's Becky Lynch and Ronda Rousey in a singles match. Yes, like that's that's it. So and that's if two night, if you do a two night, you can have both. You can put the Roman Reigns B match on night one, and you've got your your real big main yes. event of Becky and Ronda on night two as the proper main event. So they do have one left in the chamber, and it's that. Yeah. So yes, all in favour. So we're gonna get a belt swap tonight. <laughs> yeah, that's it. We've gone off into the distance, fantasy booking it all, and they're gonna go. There you go. <laughs> and they just go yes. There you go. Like the tag teams last year. Okay. All right. Thanks very much. Cool. Uh, and then, then they, they do it, but then they shake hands and they turn around and they go, and now I'm representing the blue brand. <laughs> I'll see you at Survivor Series. It's brand warfare. Uh, well, well, Von, Von Wagner, Undisputed Era, Finn. As I've always said this last two minutes, I bleed blue. <laughs> well, let us know your thoughts ahead of SmackDown tonight. I'm genuinely really excited about tonight's show. Uh, on Twitter, at WhatCultureWWE. Watch they can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Hamflit at... Michael Hamflit. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE. Uh, and make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts. Oh, we've got a lot coming your way. We've got the Rampage preview coming later on today. WrestleCulture with the hashtag really good quiz. Me and Hamflit will be previewing Dynamite in a podcast that's going to be released tomorrow. And then Monday, it's a bumper day.
today in the What Culture <laughs> Office reviews of SmackDown, Rampage, and Dynamite, and we look ahead to Monday Night Raw. So if you subscribe <laughs> to What Culture Wrestling, uh, you'll get those podcasts whenever they drop into your feed. But for now, this has been the SmackDown preview. My thanks to Michael Hamlet. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.